to another episode of Accessibility. It's a show on YouTube where I talk about the video game industry, accessibility and representation. Basically, how can we help more people to play games and more people to see themselves in the games they play? About a week ago, CD Projekt Red released their most recent open world adventure game, Cyberpunk 2077. Now, I have personally made the choice that I'm not going to be doing a full review of Cyberpunk. Um, this is not what this is, this is not a review of Cyberpunk. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 was created under some terrible crunch conditions and had a lot of uncomfortable stuff around how it was developed that I'm not personally comfortable supporting, but Accessibility is a show that I do that is about accessibility and representation in the games industry, and it's undeniable that Cyberpunk 2077 is a big release with a lot of accessibility and representation stuff that needs discussing, so I'm going to talk about the game today. From that perspective, I am not doing a full review. So today on Accessibility, we're going to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. We're going to talk about some of the accessibility issues that can be found in the game. We're going to talk about some of the things that have been changed already since launch in terms of accessibility. And we're going to talk about exactly what trans content is or is not in Cyberpunk 2077. Let's start off by talking about disability accessibility in Cyberpunk 2077. While there are a lot of aspects of Cyberpunk 2077 that are inaccessible to disabled players, the one that caught the most attention and headlines around the launch of the game is how the game at launch handled photosensitivity triggers. Diana Rupert, who reviewed the game for Game Informer, is a gamer with photosensitive epilepsy who during the review period for the game experienced a seizure triggered by a particularly intense section of full-screen flashing that existed as a mandatory part of completing the game's story mode. Rupert made it clear that while Cyberpunk 2077 features flashing and glitching effects throughout, of particular note was a scene where a headset is placed on the player to bring them into a dream state, known as Brain Dance. The full screen would flash alternating red and white frequently, something very much known to be a common photosensitivity trigger. Cyberpunk 2077, at launch, did contain a warning about possible epilepsy triggers in the game, but the warning was hidden away within the game's Euler agreement, a long scrolling wall of text that, in Cyberpunk 2077, starts with a joke at the beginning about how nobody actually reads Euler agreements. The game featured no prominent warning about epilepsy triggers, and no specific warning about the brain dance sequences being particularly intense photosensitive triggers. In the days since launch, CD Projekt Red has updated the game on PC to now include more prominent warnings about photosensitivity triggers, with that update coming to console soon, as well as altering the brain dance sequence to now simply fade into a bright white light rather than rapidly flashing red and white alternating. However, Photosensitive players should still be cautious playing the game, as it still contains frequent visual glitching effects across the screen, camera flashes going off at unexpected moments, and other full-screen flashes that, while not as egregious, are still likely to be possible triggers for some photosensitive gamers. Even the new altered brain dance sequence may still cause issues for some, as it makes the screen intensely bright white across the full screen, which is sometimes a trigger for photosensitivity, albeit a less dramatic one. 
The worst offending moment in the game on this front has been made less of an issue, but players with epilepsy or other photosensitivity issues should still be cautious. The game does not feature any settings to tone down overall effects intensity. So with that out of the way, let's talk about some of the less discussed aspects of accessibility in Cyberpunk 2077. One of the more egregious issues faced by disabled players trying to play Cyberpunk 2077 is the game's weird issues around lack of proper keybinding support. While the game does feature some level of key rebinding, several key actions in the game, such as the interact action, are locked to specific keys and cannot be changed without going into system files and having a bit of a mess around. On PC, you need to press the spacebar, and no other key will work, it has to be the spacebar, to start the game. And when you manage to get into the key rebinding menu, you have to press the escape key. You can't move your mouse to an on-screen prompt to exit and save your key rebinding. Which makes getting to the key rebinding menu and rebinding those limited options available difficult for some players. The fact that Cyberpunk's key rebinding is limited and selective has caused issues for a lot of disabled players who simply can't swap buttons around in a way that is accessible for them. Additionally, Cyberpunk 2077 doesn't feature any support for turning held buttons into button toggles. For players with muscle weakness in their hands and fingers, holding down a single button for a long period of time can be difficult, and offering players the option to press the button once to start an action, and a second time to stop, can really help with accessibility. For any players who struggle with motion sickness in first person games, Cyberpunk doesn't feature the ability to turn off head bob, which may cause issues for some gamers like myself with motion sickness. On the other hand, the game does allow you to alter the field of view, motion blur and level of lens flare, which may all somewhat help to mitigate motion sickness for some. Next, let's get on to the issue of text size. For blind or partially sighted players, Cyberpunk 2077 does not do a good job overall of making itself accessible. Cyberpunk features a couple of different options for subtitles, offering subtitles for cutscene dialogue, dialogue spoken by characters while you're in gameplay, known as overheard subtitles, and an option to display both. The game doesn't do a terrible job with cutscene subtitles. Subtitles in cutscenes always show the speaker name, and do have options for different text sizes, as well as opacity of background behind the subtitles to make them easier to read. That opacity setting is really important because the game doesn't give you the option to change your text colour, and as such, opacity and having a background is important for legibility. Overheard subtitles appear above characters' heads during gameplay, and their size cannot be changed. Their default size is frankly tiny, and will be difficult for many blind or partially sighted players to make out easily. These are often used to provide important information, which makes their inability to be customised an issue. You also cannot customise the size of menu text, which also defaults to a frankly tiny size, which is an issue given how much the game expects you to read text in menus. The game's UI is also slightly transparent, with no options available to change its opacity or size, making it tough for many blind or partially sighted players to see properly. If you're a PC player and rely on Windows Screen Magnifier to read on-screen text, you're going to be a bit out of luck, as in Cyberpunk 2077, the mouse is invisibly stuck to the centre of the screen, 
meaning that you'll be unable to move the screen magnifier to other parts of the screen you might need to read. Additionally, in dialogue, sometimes the player will be required to respond to dialogue choices on a short time limit. You cannot turn the time limit off for these dialogue choices, so if you're a slow reader or struggle with reaction speeds, this may be a barrier to play for you. However, with all this being said, Cyberpunk 2077 does contain some features which are there to help disabled players. There's not a huge amount of them, but it is important to talk about the things this game is getting right in that regard, so let's dig a little bit into what settings do exist for disabled players looking to play Cyberpunk 2077. So let's start with Cyberpunk's dedicated accessibility menu. Here, players can find settings for aim assist and snap to target, which can make targeting enemies easier for players with coordination difficulties like myself. You can also turn off weapon sway, again to make combat in-game easier to navigate successfully. Cyberpunk 2077 does feature a selection of visual modes designed to make the game playable by players with common types of colour blindness, which is an appreciated addition. You can also change the balance of Cyberpunk 2077's audio, which allows players to lower the volume of sound cues that are not as important to them, and instead turn the volume up on the cues and dialogue that they do need to focus on. Additionally, Cyberpunk features visual cues for most audio cues as default, which should help deaf and hard of hearing players to not miss out on important gameplay information. Lastly, I want to talk a little bit today about the transgender representation in Cyberpunk 2077. Now, for this video I'm not going to talk too much about CD Projekt Red's Twitter account and some of the uncomfortable content they have shared with regards to transgender people. I'm going to focus today's video on the game itself. If you pick up Cyberpunk 2077, what trans representation or lack thereof can you expect to find in the game itself? That's, that's what I want to talk about in this video. As a trans woman, I've been a bit cautious of Cyberpunk 2077 in the run-up to release, in part because of the company's uncomfortable content on social media. Now the game itself is out, what trans content can players expect to see in the full game? When you first boot up Cyberpunk 2077, the game's character creator does allow for a limited ability to create transgender characters, at least in theory and superficially. You can create a feminine presenting character with a penis, or a masculine presenting character with a vagina, but that's about when things start to fall apart. In Cyberpunk 2077, your pronouns are tied to your character's choice of voice. If you have a deep voice, you are going to be referred to with he-him pronouns, and if you have a higher-pitched voice, you're going to be referred to with she-her pronouns. There are no options for non-binary pronouns, and the choice to tie your vocal tone to your pronoun seems weirdly unnecessary. The game's view of what makes a trans person a trans person seems oddly focused on genitals and not much else, an attitude that leads into the next area of the game's trans representation we're going to talk about. The primary way in which trans people are represented in Cyberpunk 2077 is in the form of advertisements for an energy drink called Chromanticure. These posters, which were shown off in screenshots long before the release of the game, feature an overly sexualised trans woman with a very visible, veiny penis bulging through her clothes, drinking the advertised energy drink with a tacky tagline about mixing things up. In a vacuum, before the game's release, it felt gross and fetishistic, and now that the game's released my opinion hasn't changed very much. Cyberpunk 2077 does feature a single trans NPC that I'm aware of, optionally encountered, who seems to be represented in a tasteful way. 
I will avoid major spoilers here, but a character who drives a truck with a trans flag on the back is a trans woman, and the game doesn't make a big deal about it, it's very casually mentioned, she just sort of throws into a conversation that she was in a relationship before her gender transition, and then after that she's largely treated respectfully. However, that one positively represented NPC isn't enough for me personally to feel less unsettled by the fetishistic posters in-game. If this was a world where trans characters were commonly visible, that did legwork to make trans people feel normalised and part of the world, then perhaps the sexualised posters might have felt less gross and out of place and like they were there for shock marketing value, but for now it really feels like the studio caught flack for fetishistic depictions of trans characters and put in one line for one NPC to try and offset things. Let's summarise how I feel about Cyberpunk 2077 in terms of accessibility. Some of the issues this game has and some of the settings that are missing are frankly surprising to me. Um, to see a game ship with a lack of ability to resize really tiny text, or the ability to have full buttery mapping, it's surprising, and I would hope better in this day and age, but uh, this game is just not going to be accessible to a lot of disabled players, and I think that that is just a reality of this game. The trans content in Cyberpunk 2077 certainly could have been worse, but nothing that is in there undoes the, the, the harm that I feel is done by their missteps. I feel like the posters that appear in-game are still really fetishistic and just make me feel uncomfortable, and just on a personal level, the fact that there is one okay handled NPC does not justify a weirdly fetishistic advertising campaign and doesn't make up for any of the shitty behaviour of the social media people working at CD Projekt Red. I still feel uncomfortable playing this game as a trans person. Overall, Cyberpunk 2077 is a game with a lot of issues, and I hope that if nothing else, watching this video has allowed you to make an informed choice about whether this game is going to be accessible for you, and whether you want to play the content that is found in the game. I hope that this video helps.